Welcome to another episode of the Equip Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Claiborne, and today we have a special treat. We have our director of music and liturgy, or worship That's and right. liturgy. Yeah, music and liturgy. Music and liturgy. You got it. Joshua Kessler. How are we doing, Josh? Nail it. Good. I'm glad to be here. It's, yeah. uh, it's just like old times. We used to do pretty regular. We stopped doing those Bible intros, and then you're mm. you're doing the Mac program right now, so you're... I am. I am. Pray for me. You're in the thick me. of things. <laughs> yes. Pray for me. Yeah, pray for my wife. It's... Uh, it's intense. Yeah, anybody who's gone through it knows, and anybody who knows someone's gone through it knows yeah. as well. I mean, you guys had Ivan go through it, so. We had Ivan go through it. We're, Duckett is in your cohort, Duckett's so it's there. just, I don't know, there's just something in the air at New City. You hang out long <laughs> enough, you're gonna, you're either going to end up in the MAC program, or you're going to end up friends with someone in the MAC program. That's right. Yeah, so it's, somehow you will touch the MAC program at some yeah. point, whether it's second degree or... Or third degree at New City, yeah. you'll you'll be there. We don't even we don't even do the six degrees of separation. No, that's right. It only goes up to the three. That's right. <laughs> now we could probably because I'm actually curious. We could probably sit yeah. here and talk about the Mac program for the rest of the afternoon. That but that would be a whirl. <laughs> it would, <laughs> maybe maybe we'll touch on it here and there. But yeah. we're primarily here because I thought it would be good for us to have a discussion about the Tenebrae service. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something new to us when we first came to New City, and you're the one who plans that. it. I think I've played for it almost since since we've been here. I don't. I don't want to. I, I, I can't, can't remember not playing for. I it. Can't remember a year where you haven't played. Yeah, yeah. So I'm involved. You're planning it, and I was just like, we should yeah. talk about Tenebrae. Why do we do Tenebrae? Why is that important in parallel with Easter? Mm-hmm. Um, we could talk a little bit about maybe why Tenebrae, a Thursday night service versus a good Friday service. I mean, that's yeah. maybe a little bit more common. So yeah. um, let's just jump in with the big question. Why Tenebrae? Why Tenebrae? Yeah. I think, I think it's a good question. I think, I think it's important. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, maybe especially in the West, we've kind of moved away from the church calendar just in general. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's, I think there's so much to be said for, I was just, just, moving into rich church history, like in our practices. And, um, but I, I think the, I think the big why is, uh, we, and this is like fresh off of Duckett's sermon. So if everybody heard Duckett's yeah. sermon, you get a chance to listen to it. It's, it's really like the, the setup for Easter that allows you to move into Easter with a real sense of like triumph and joy and, the victory that like the resurrection brings that you wouldn't get if you weren't sitting in the shadows of Thursday and Friday Mm. and then the uncertainty of Saturday. And so that's really what Tenebrae brings. It's, it's a type of good Friday service. Um, So what we do is we walk through the passion and Mark sort of section by section Mm -hmm. um, reading through it. And then we will sing a song after each section that we, um, that we read, and then there's there's there are candles uh, lit at the beginning of the service um, that represent the light of Jesus. And after each section of scripture, we snuff out one candle, and so the light of the world is slowly being snuffed out, and mm-hmm. we are entering into that with Him. There's there's also something about just as Christians, um, the the head knowledge that we get from the passage where Jesus asks us to carry our cross and follow him and actually moving into it experientially through a service. 
um, where we enter into his um, his trial and denial, his his suffering and his death in a way that um, I think because of the music and the songs that we sing, um, the way that we light the room really brings you into the experience of, of Thursday night leading into Friday um, and all that was involved with that in a way that, uh, again, I think brings you into Easter Sunday with this sense of having sat in the depths and the darkness and the uncertainty um, and the death of Jesus yeah. without capping it with right away with mm-hmm. this life and this resurrection that you really experience that. Duckett even mentioned it today too, that we, we live in this already not yet um, space and time where the Jesus has inaugurated the new covenant by his death um, and resurrection, but we await the fullness of that um, consummation when he returns. So, we people like to say like we, we we actually live in saturday we live in this space where we don't know we like we don't know when jesus is coming back we we know that we have all of his work all you know his life and his death and his resurrection but we're still waiting we're still waiting for brokenness to be made whole we're still waiting for healing to come we're still waiting for our renewed bodies. We're still waiting for the consummation of the kingdom. Yeah. And so there's a sense in which as entering into the Tenebrae service really allows you to, to get a feel for not just the depth and the darkness of, of Thursday and Friday, but the Christian life. Like mm-hmm. this, this is where we live. We live in Saturday. So, yeah. Yeah. I remember <clears throat> it, and it's true. Like the, it's, it's hard for us to really, naturally enter into the way the disciples must have felt on Holy Saturday mm-hmm. because it's like, well, well, we know Jesus gets resurrected on Sunday. So it's like, right. oh, you know, it's like, but it, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, they didn't necessarily have, even though in retrospect, he was fairly explicit. <laughs> it seems that they clearly did not expect the resurrection to happen. So it was, no it idea. was a yeah. defeat of defeats. All of these things that they thought they had been building up to just shattered. Yeah. And they're just, sitting in that with they're leaderless no... they're they're in many ways hopeless they're they have no idea what to do next other than they're all just gathered together kind of mourning weeping confused and praying for like uh, what do we do like what 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 is next what uh, if if jesus is dead where's our hope like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like um and to have that to to be able to sit in that I think is really important, um, like I'm saying, for Christian lives, too. There's this, I can't, we're going to get back to the Mac program here for a second. I can't. I, I anticipated this. Y- yes, yeah. I, this, this is inevitable. I actually, I was going to ask, one of my questions was just knowing you've planned this service for several, I mean, it was a it was a pre-existing thing when you came on, but you've yeah. been involved in shaping it for the past several years. Yeah. And I was interested mm-hmm. in, I wonder how things you're working through in the Mac program intersect with the way it's the way this thing is shaped and the mm-hmm. way it's affecting you and the way it's uh, mm-hmm. maybe seeing it with new eyes. Yeah. But can you continue as well? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, so if, if you haven't heard of him, it, it's, it's a name that I think you should become familiar with, but Dan Allender is one of the leading names in Christian psychology. Um, if not the 
leading name. And then a disciple of his from the Allender Center, Kathy Lorzell, came up with this thing, uh, this diagram called the U diagram. And it's essentially uh, the, the way that lots of Christians like to live life is at the one end of the diagram is Friday. And, uh, and then it dips down into the U and that is Saturday. And at the other end of the diagram, the top of the other top of the U is Sunday. And so what people, Christians like to do is they like to draw a little dotted line from Friday to Sunday Mm. in their everyday life. And this is like with suffering, with difficulty, with, with, um, struggle, with depression, with anxiety, with all of these things that involve the death of, Friday and then the uncertainty of Saturday. What we do a lot in uh, in in Christianity and in, in walking with Jesus with each other is somebody's suffering, somebody's hurting, somebody's struggling, and they'll talk about it, and then we'll say, "Man, that sucks," but God is good, you mm-hmm. know. Or, um, "Man, I'm sorry, but you know what? Like Sunday's coming," and it's this general unwillingness to actually drop down into the bottom of the U, which is the experience of Jesus. And so there's this sense in which if we are going to be true disciples and followers of Jesus, we actually dive down into the U with with each other, with ourselves, um, as we experience the uncertainty and the, the confusion and the suffering and the pain of, uh, that's involved with Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so... I just think I think it's such a helpful doc. You can look it up on on Google. You'll be able to find it super easy. But I think it's such a helpful diagram for um, how the service is shaped and what we. I think what we're inviting people to enter into, which is the bottom of the U and in, in the suffering and the death of Jesus, where he sat for three days until he was raised on Sunday, and to the point of the experience of the disciples, that was their experience. It was uncertainty. They didn't know. They um, they were, until they finally had their eyes opened on the road of Emmaus, like they, right. they were shocked and awed and they finally, oh my gosh, this is, this is Jesus. Like and how our hearts burned within us. But until he opened the scriptures to them and, and, and opened their eyes to see it, um, they were very much in a hope. Have you not heard what's happened like in Jerusalem? They were in this hopeless, confused, lost state, and that's in many pla- in many ways uh, the place that we live, yeah. like currently. So, so the 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 service is really designed um, again just through the music. Um, so yeah, it was a service that I inherited, um, but I I have like a uh, I don't know I I have a I have a weird brain that. Um, Part of the way that I process through emotions sometimes is melodies will just come to my head and 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 and, and I'll process them out by playing the melody out. Um, and so there was something about this service when I inherited it that I really I wanted to bring the scripture to life. And so I've written um, underscore for each of the sections of scripture. Um, and so the strings, piano, like um, sometimes the acoustic guitar will will play along with um, the reading of scripture. Uh, and all of these songs are are minor keys. So mm-hmm. uh, this, it, it really reflects sort of the, 
um, the, the feeling and emotion that's involved with uh, suffering and betrayal and confusion and loss and death um, that, and, and I'm really passionate about this in worship. If you like grab me for any second and I'm talking about how we design corporate worship and, mm-hmm. and what I'm passionate about, it's that music matches the words that we're singing or that we're reading. And so we're reading about the passion of Jesus, his betrayal, his, um, his, his death, and so I think it's important that the music we sing, that the music you hear really brings you into that because music does that in a way that nothing else really can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there's, so. there's a, there's a sense too. I, one of the things I really, I always enjoy playing Tenebrae because at, like you, I listen to a lot of music by default that's in minor keys and just mm-hmm. sort of like that mood and that feel. Yeah. Um, and it's not a common thing with worship music. Like it's almost not. almost every, not every, but the majority of the songs on most Sunday mornings are in a major key. They have an it's upbeat true. tempo, happy sounding. Um, and in some ways that makes sense because we have... We have hope. We have this joy that comes in Christ. 100%. And yet everything you're just talking about is like, well, actually the real day in and day out experience is the full range of emotion. It's not just the positive ones that most people prefer. It's yeah. anger, sadness, fear, these other things that are just part of being human. And yeah. um, as you were talking a minute ago, I was looking something up that uh, with the U-curve, mm-hmm. um, there's an organizational psychologist named Adam Grant, and he had a post the other day that said, uh, toxic positivity is pressuring people to look on the bright side. Mm. They have to suppress anxiety, anger, sadness, and grief. Healthy support is shielding mm. people from the dark side. Mm. You invite them to express their pain, show them they're not alone, and that they won't feel it forever. Yeah, that's so, so good. So far as I know that he's not a Christian, but he's recognizing... He recognizes the importance it. of that curve of you, right. you don't ignore you don't ignore the pit maybe we could say yeah um, but you don't have to live there right right and and um, and I think that's the 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 beauty and the completion of following Jesus into the bottom of the U is that we don't know when uh, in 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 the sense that Easter Sunday is coming we know like literal day but I, mm-hmm. but in terms of our everyday life. When we're suffering, when we're going through difficulty, we don't know when healing is going to come, but we know it's coming because it's promised, right? Because we actually, we do have Easter Sunday. We do have the resurrection. So we don't know if, you know, there there might be people listening who, uh, and I deal with a chronic virus, like on a daily basis, who are suffering every day. And I I pray, I I hope um, that that I could be healed like in this life now here. Um, but if not, I know, I know that it's coming. Um, and, and that doesn't, that doesn't force me out of the suffering when I feel it and when my body's being difficult and when I'm struggling, but it does give me a sense of this is, this is temporary. This is not forever. Um, my body will one day be redeemed uh, because Jesus rose from the dead. Mm. And so I think we, we do, we need both. Um, because, and I, like my wife was telling me this yesterday, like I, I I'm one of those people, I have a tendency to sit in the, <laughs> in the darkness. Mm. Right. Eeyore, and just yeah, sort of. Eeyore just sort of like crawl back into the, the tent and just mope. Um, 
and, and uh, I, I wouldn't say that that's true all the time, but I think sometimes that's a tendency. And so I need to hear truth. I need I need to hear the resurrection. I need to hear the hope. I need to hear uh, some of those things when it's, you know, like when it's affecting or starts to affect everyday functioning, things mm. like that. Um, but I think that both are important. And I think that, that it's probably mostly true for us um, in today, uh, Christianity today, that we tend toward Sunday a whole lot more than we tend to want to sit in Friday and, yeah. and Saturday. Yeah, so we don't, don't hear us saying one is more important than the other, but no. for our culture, there's kind of a countercultural corrective that we need that is, right. let's sit in this for a few days mm-hmm. or let's be comfortable sitting in some of these things rather than just mm-hmm. skipping over them. And so yeah. I think our culture, you know, from that quote, our culture trends towards toxic positivity and then it, it filters does. into Christianity and it intersects, like you brought up earlier, with things that are legitimately true. Totally. But are not, um, there's a reason they're called platitudes. There's a reason nobody likes them. It's That's right. Because they're not, they're dishon- in some ways they're dishonoring the pain. Yeah. By saying it's not, you don't, you know, don't, don't feel that or don't think about that. Totally. And I, and I think to the point we made earlier, it, it really, it brings out in, in a way that, uh, you, you just, you just can't have experientially the, the victory of the resurrection. Mm. Uh, if you actually enter into the the loss and the suffering and the death of Thursday and Friday, if you really enter into that, Sunday becomes this whole. It, it's it becomes so much more of a rich and and meaningful and real experience on Sunday, and I would say like this is the pattern of the Psalms too. Mm. Um, in any in any lament Psalm that you read, I would say most lament Psalms that you read, the 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 psalmist is is taking you from lament to praise. That's the pattern yeah. that you see most of the time. There 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 may be a, a you know a couple of verses at the beginning highlighting who God is, so that the psalmist can remind themselves like God is on the throne, like God is in control. But here's my experience. Here's what's going on. Here's the suffering. Here's the pain. Here's ev- everything that I'm struggling with. And you don't get to that really. Uh, emphatic, joyful level of praise until you've gone through all of the difficulty in the previous verses. You'll see that pattern if you look at Lament Psalms and just in the structure of the Psalter as a whole, it's this general upward movement from lament to praise. Yeah, like most of the laments are in the first half of first half of Psalms, and then it gets more and more praise as right. you go along. And then the last five Psalms in the Psalter are all praise it's Crescendo. Psalms. It's just like eschatology right there. So, yeah. Duckett, um, I mean, you brought up Duckett's sermon earlier, which is yeah. just fresh for both of us because we just, we just listened to it. But it really encouraged people to check it out because I think mm-hmm. it was his whole third point kind of leaned into um, Romans 5, 18, I think is the mm-hmm. verse where it talks about it so that these things will happen. And That's so, right. Um, just to, did a really great job of underscoring how these two things, lament and praise, go together, how mm-hmm. the reign of sin and death leading to the life that comes through Jesus Christ, like just uh, filling that out really well. Yeah. So, you know, it's almost, we're just going through Romans, and that was the passage that happens before Easter, but it was just one of the best Palm Sunday sermons I think we could have had. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, shout-outs, Duckett. 
Uh, I think he did a great job. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was brought me to tears for sure. And and it was for me it was the setup of when he named all of the areas of brokenness. Oh, I was I was going to bring that up. That was that that this that's what I'm it, talking about. It just about. kept going. Yeah, it just, it just kept, kept going. Kept going. It, kept it, going. Was, uh, it was you know, cancer, death, uh, sex trade, like all of this stuff. The list was so long and so you were forced as he was reading that list to sit in it. Mm-hmm. You were forced to sit in the brokenness of and and the depth of sin that it that it's ravaged on us um and and then it made his third point just so much more poignant and rich because you had sat in the the depth of the brokenness in that first point when he was reading that list mm-hmm. and then when you're brought to the victory of Jesus you're just like yes let's go like praise god yeah um in a way that you just can't uh if you're if you don't move through that. And I would say like, I think that's a part of, if it's a part of following Jesus, it's a part of sanctification, which is yeah. the willingness to, to move into the broken spaces of your own life, of the lives of others. And that's, uh, that's what brings you to, um, the, the resurrection of, uh, the removal of addiction or, um, the the restoration of a marriage and I and, and that that list is just as long mm-hmm. um, as as the first but it's so much more poignant when you're actually willing to sit in and and he he did such a great job yeah. of doing that for us so so we had a, we had his setup yesterday and so we're mm-hmm. hoping people join us on Thursday night for Tenebrae yes. sit in the lament um, details six thirty p.m. Uh, at the church. Um, it's about an hour service and Damien did a really good job of pointing people to the app. So if you haven't downloaded the app yet, oh, um, yeah, all the details about like childcare will be there. And, and so you can take a look at that, but yeah, wanted to mention that real quick. That's good. We got, we got the details in there, but yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to, uh, being able to play some of these songs and just mm-hmm. be a part of this service. That's really special in the life of new city. So Josh, thank yeah. you so much for all you do for helping us uh, learn to lament well and leading us in this service and mm-hmm. hope people will see us on Thursday. Yeah. I hope you guys come out. Thank you. It's an honor. Um, it's an honor every week to lead the people of God and I'm grateful. Yeah. So till next time, next time. Yeah.